Help, I got a Mac podcast episode number 84. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Help, I Got a Mac. My name is Cliff Ravenscraft. And I'm Chris Biting. Today, we're going to be talking about the brand new iProduct version 1.0. Yes. Eight gigabyte version of the iPhone 3GS, possibly. Maybe. Your feedback and so much more. Yes. Tons of feedback. Hey, everybody. I am so glad to have you back with us for another weekly installment of the Help I Got a Mac. And today in studio, we have Chris Biding. Chris, I'm so glad to have you here, man. Hey, hey, hey. It's good to be here. So uh, lots of things going on in the world of Apple. And now for me, you know, last episode, we had uh, a little bit of a tiff. Uh, Not you and I, but... Oh, no, not us. We were both on the same page for once. Yeah, imagine that. And uh, we were not so happy with Apple. But um, this week, I've kind of let things roll off. But you're telling me that you've got some information that might fire me back up again. Yeah, not the first story, uh, because I I have mixed feelings about the first story. But the second one, I think you and I will both agree on. Okay. Uh, The first one is that the FCC barks at Apple for silencing Google Voice. Uh, Apple's rejection, rejection of the native iPhone client for Google Voice has attracted attention from the FCC, which has written to each of the players involving them to explain themselves. Okay. And um what does this mean? This means I mean, is the I mean are they barking are are they is, is it just barking or are they going to do it some biting or <laughs> what's going on here? Well, um the FCC's uh sent three letters to Google, Apple and AT&T asking questions about who made the decision to reject the Google iPhone application and why. And they would also like to know, especially from AT&T, if any other devices support a native Google application, but um they could this if it, if they could say why Google Voice is disabled on the iPhone but allowed on the other handsets, and normally I'm not into the government getting into a company's you know it, it, Apple can really decide what they want on their on their App Store or not. Mm-hmm. With AT and T though, they only lease the airwaves from the public, and according to the FCC, companies who lease bandwidth from the public have to operate within the public good, the public interest. Right. And if they're if they're if they are working with Apple to limit the public good, they're in collusion and it's against, you know, it's right. not cool. So I'm glad that the FCC is looking at it. I'm not real concerned about Apple being in the wrong. I'm mm-hmm. more concerned with AT&T being in the wrong saying you can't use this how you should be able to. And why only the iPhone and not anything else? Right. So the Google Android, does AT&T have an Android phone? No, but they've got Blackberries. They got Blackberries and Blackberries do have this Google Voice app. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. And there's a lot of people, a lot of pundits, uh, you know, like people from TechCrunch and Molly Wood and stuff like that who have said, you know, this is it. This is done. I'm canceling my iPhone. I think uh, Ohm Malik from Giga Ohm has canceled his iPhone. They're all going to Blackberries or Palm Prees or Androids. I'll tell you what, after last week, I was uh, I was pretty distraught and I was very bummed that I had just purchased Stephanie's iPhone 3GS for her to upgrade from her original iPhone. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm torn because I find it so useful. Mm-hmm. But there's 
that's one application that I'm really passionate about having access to. And I can use it on the web. You know, there's a web version and they're not going to stop that. I mean, if they stop that, then I will cancel. Oh, they, yeah, they're not going to stop that. But, but I, don't, I don't know. I want to be able to use it how like the Android and, and, and Blackberry, I want to use it as easy as they can use it. Right. And to me, using that extra step of logging into Safari, waiting for the page to load, and all that, it's just a pain. You know, yeah. the, the GV mobile app, if you if you don't have it, jailbreak your phone and get it. You you have a dialing interface just like your dialer. Your SMS looks just like SMS. Your voicemail looks just like visual voicemail. And it, it works great. Wow. That would see that would be awesome. Now, the one thing is that uh, I, I saw somebody post in our forum just recently. They said, you know, is there a way that we can still dial from our phones and be able to have like long distance uh, and, and one of the things that's nice about Google Voice is if you if you dial your Google Voice number and if you have it set up to where it requires your pin number you put in your pin number but you log in and hit option two mm-hmm. and then you dial any long distance number and it doesn't cost you anything oh so if you dial your own Google Voice number dial your own Google Voice number log, okay. and once you're logged in hit op- hit number two yeah and you dial in your long distance number and you can do this from home by the way and a matter of fact I am this week I'm more than likely going to be canceling my long distance service here at the house or in, in the studio yeah why why would you exactly yeah. so basically uh, yeah in fact check this out listen to this I'm gonna pull up my phone here actually uh, Chris is going to tell you about this while I move my microphone over to the phone. Tell you about what? Right here. Oh, he's <laughs> he's dialing his phone. What is my number set? Oh, uh, oh. I got it. Okay. You have no new messages. To access your account, please enter your four-digit PIN. To place I, a I call, know your press pin now. 2. For Goog 411, please enter the phone number you would like to dial, followed by the pound key. This is a free call. No way. Talk shoe. Please enter the call ID. Nice. The only reason I had long distance added was because I I sometimes would do hour or two hour long shows on talk shoe. And oh, that, that would be so very awesome. expensive long distance. But now I could, I just showed you, I just dialed straight out to talk shoe right there on the fly. And this is a free call. And, and if it is, if it is AT&T stopping it, I think it's crummy because you got T-Mobile, you know, granted T-Mobile out of the, out of the four, they're the smallest in, in, in the nation. They get the smallest 3G space, but they have something that's called like your five favorites. You choose five numbers. Those calls are free all the time. So, yep. you know, you choose like your, your parents, uh, your wife's work or, you know, what have you. They allow you to choose your Google voice number as one of those five. Really? So, so you can use their, the, the, the built-in Android oh, Google wow. voice app, call a number. It, Google voice will call you. So you could get the cheapest phone plan possible. And you won't use your minutes. And you'll never use your minutes. Yeah. Wow. And T-Mobile's fine. Like, you know what? That's fine. No big deal. You know why? And I, I think that's a smart stance to take. You know why? Because the percentage of their users that will actually know about it and use it is so minute. So minute, but the people who do that are going to be like rah, rah, rah. They're going to be huge promoters of T-Mobile. Exactly. 
And I, I think T-Mobile, if they keep allowing this, I think it's going to be eventually a big win for them. And they're really embracing Android. Uh, the new My Touch, which comes out any day now, I've played with it. It's a nice phone. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not iPhone. You know, iPhone's elegant. This is a nice phone, though. It's very, very good. What's My Touch? My Touch is the new uh, the new Android phone from T-Mobile. Really? Mm-hmm. Hmm. It's white, or you can get like white, black, or red. Interesting. It's a cool phone. Chris, I'm tempted, my friend. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> Have you ever heard of the Help I Got an Android Phone podcast? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. No, and I think Android is... Uh, I think it's promising, man. It's, there's a lot of cool apps on it. I mean, there's not as many, you know, obviously there's not as many games and, and this, that, and the other, but, you know, Pandora's on there. and You got Twitter clients, right? You got Twitter clients. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah. I mean, it, it you know, and the, and the thing is with, with you know, I believe that Apple is, I, I'm not going to say that Apple is going to go down the tubes. Obviously not. I mean, they've got some massive market share already. They got some ama- amazing number of apps in the store. But I will say that, you know, they're they're making a compelling case for people to choose alternative uh, smartphones. I hate to say it, but Apple is becoming the evil empire. You think so? Yeah, I, I, I really do. It's it's pretty bad. You know, what's sad is that um, uh, so many people emailed us uh, or emailed in saying within the last week how many people are just getting their iPhones. In fact, uh, Mary Martin's in our chat room. She just got an iPhone this week. So, <laughs> but uh, no, seriously. I mean, for those who are listening, iPhones are great. I mean, really, they are. It's usually just going to be us super ultra tech geeks who want to push everything to the limits. You know? Yeah. I mean, on the flip side, I get bored with things really fast. I do too. So you know this, the Palm Pre and the Android. These are these are like cool new technologies that I don't get to play with. So it's kind of like, ah, I kind of like want to play with it, but it could be like Linux where I like, I say the same thing and I load up Linux and I use it for like an hour and I'm like, eh, whatever. Yeah. The, the big drawback for me is that you simply, there are some tech, there's going to be some things that I believe would be totally in the best interest of us as customers that AT&T just has too much control over. But that being said, I don't think it's going to affect the majority of people who use the iPhone. No, no, no. So no. it's going to be the, the 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 loud minority. Yeah. The only thing is, for Mary and and other people out there, you know, if you're a GSPN.TV listener, you're not going to get version 2.0 of the GSPN.TV iPhone application anytime soon, which is an amazing improvement above the original version that's still there right now. Oh, version 2.0 allows uh, plus members and actually uh, free subscribers as well to go in and not only stream any of our content right directly from the feeds, but also allows you to download it into your iPhone so that you like, let's just say if you have an iPod touch yeah, and you see that there's a brand new episode of help. I got a Mac available. You click the button to download it. It saves it and into your, your drive into a temporary folder. And you can listen to it on the way home while you're away for your Wi-Fi. Is that coming out for jailbroken phones? Uh, you know what? I should ask him to go ahead and push it out to Cydia. Oh, yeah. That'd be cool. But anyway. Reason number 35 to jailbreak that phone. That's right. Anyway, although, just so you know, the, the views of my co-host do not necessarily <laughs> represent those of here because jailbreaking is illegal as sanctioned by nah, they, Apple. They claim it. They claim it. Anyway, uh, this is the one I think that's going to that's gonna, All right, that's gonna fire you up. I'm ready to hear. Apple's iPhone app refund policy could bankrupt developers. 
Apparently, right. if iPhone users decided they want a refund for an app and users can get a refund within 90 days, according to the Apple policy, Apple requires that the developers give back the money they received from the sale. That's fine, right? To, uh, to be expected. But here's wait, the within what? 90 days? Yeah. Okay. But here's the kicker, Cliff. Apple will refund a full amount to the user and says that it, ha- it has the right to keep its 30% commission. Uh, so the developer not only has to return the money for the sale, but also has to reimburse Apple for its commission. Apple charges a 30% commission on all paid apps through the store. So basically developers get a 70% of the given sale. But if the end user wants a refund, the developer has to pay Apple 100% of the sale. So Apple gets their 30% regardless. Which, which I understand maybe why they would. You okay. know, I can understand bandwidth costs and hosting and the it, transaction fee, but it's no. not 30%. No, I, here, I, 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 I was actually thinking about how can I defend Apple on this one. That was the, my first thought, and I was immediately going right where you just said. But as you were saying it, it's like, no, no. Because if I'm a free, if I give away my free app, there, there's the same, the same costs are incurred. The same bandwidth cost. Same bandwidth cost. Yeah, I mean, since they're not charging a credit card, because credit cards, you know, they charge their own little fees, yeah. but it's only like one or two percent. Exactly. Maybe three. On a ninety-nine cent app, you're talking three cents or something like that. Exactly. It's an it's enough for them to eat it, especially if they're the ones who are offering these hundred percent refunds. And and what is it? Ninety days. That's a long time. And and I don't know. Let's say you, what's ninety days? I mean, come on, yeah. gosh, that's stupid. You know what? that's three months should be 14 there, days just like the apple store there <laughs> is not a single game that or a single okay there yeah there's not a single game on the iphone that i have purchased that i wasn't completely bored with within a month month to a month and a half yeah so that means like i can go out buy a game play with it for a month and a half and finally decide I want a refund. Yep. Now, what constitutes the ability to get a refund? I mean, you're just not happy. I, 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 I Do we guess. know anything about that? No. And the thing is, I don't even know if app, uh, like, let's say I, I, I download, you know, secret of monkey Island and I'm like, oh, this is lame and I want a refund and I get my refund. Does the app get deleted automatically from my phone? Do I still keep the app? I don't know. I don't think anybody is is came out and said. I don't think. Yeah, I don't think it'll delete it from the phone. I don't know. I think this is something Apple needs to fix. But here, I think you can easily scam this. Yeah, dude, there's something wrong with this. Apple, you. I I hope we hear more about this one. Wag of the finger. Yes. You know, and that that Apple. Oh. Yeah. And, you know, this, uh, and of course, it's, this isn't going to affect, again, this isn't something that's going to affect the end user. Yeah. This is going to affect people who are app developers. But, but the question is, I mean, how many people, re- I mean, we know about this. We're in the tech end of it. How many people are even going to know that you can get a refund? Yeah, no. You know, and, and how many people are going to go through the process of trying to get the refund? And, you know, you're selling, although, although, you know, Garmin and, and companies that are charging, you know, $59, you know, 30% of that. That's the it, thing. If the app doesn't delete. Yeah. It's got to delete. I, well, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know, man. I, I, I honestly don't think this is something. This is like edge case type stuff. I don't know if Apple anticipated this. They clearly didn't anticipate the backlash from the Google voice thing, but Apple, they, they Apple, need to start. Apple. They need to start fixing it. They need to start coming out in public and, and commenting because 
I don't know, man. I think this is just the tip of the iceberg. Yeah. Uh, you know, it, it, it's, it, it's, we've tried to keep this show very positive. Never. Of course, I've never decided to be a fanboy. And matter of fact, the only reason this show was able to continue is because Chris came and saved the day because before Chris came, if you go back to the feeds in the archives, all the way back to episode one of this podcast. I just want to let you know, officially, technically, if you haven't been around for the longest time, that is not episode one, technically, of this podcast. There were, I think, seven or eight or nine episodes of the Help I Got a Mac, from which were uh, which are called the vintage Help I Got a Mac shows. Those <laughs> Classic Help I Got a Mac. That's exactly right. And those are the ones where I did it. And, and I literally started this show because I got my first Mac. I finally decided, and it's like, hey, help me. I've got a Mac, and I know there's this community out there. And let's learn how to do this. But I got so frustrated with so many different things in the in the Apple way that, you know, I started to become very negative. And you came and helped me along and yeah. showed me, you know, well, maybe. Are we going to need a third to drag us out of the... I don't know. You know I'm just joking. <laughs> no, I, but I'll tell you, that's, that's sad. You know, the app developers should not have to pay back their 30%. And what, what, what scares me is, you, you know, like EA and all the big developers, that's not a big deal if 10 or 15 people want refunds. But the guy who has spent his own money, you know, there's just two guys in a garage. They've they've spent countless man hours, you know, doing this app, releasing it finally, and then it either gets rejected or it gets approved, and then three months later gets rejected, which I think is a whole other can of worms to deal with. And then people start asking for refunds. I don't know if I'm a developer, that leaves a really bad taste in my mouth. Well, go back to this Google Voice app guy. You know, who says, you know, he's got literally thousands of people who paid what? I don't know, a dollar ninety nine, two dollars and ninety nine cents. Yeah. You know, thousands of people downloaded that app and all of a sudden now Google pulls it from the store. Now, I mean, if there's any case for a refund, I'm going to that's one where I would say, hey, I want a refund. Yeah, I think I'd want a refund from Apple because it wasn't the developer's decision. No, th- well, no that's what I'm saying. Yeah. If I want to. But if and if Apple's policy is that that app developer Who's made, you know, I don't know what it was, but let's just say it was two bucks, you know, times, you know, 2000 people. I mean, just just imagine that. Yeah. And let's say they quit their job or they've already spent the money. You know, if it's like me, I'm going to be like, woo, app store check. Let's go buy gold cowboy hats and then gold cowboy. And then I don't have the money anymore. I'm up a creek. Anyway, that's that's enough of the, the venom for today. Okay, let's move on. Moving on. Apple released a new update yet again. You know what? They're getting as bad as as Microsoft, I'll tell you. I get that little bouncing little icon, <laughs> update, update. It's like, dude, I'll update you when I have time. Yeah, I, I, haven't, I haven't downloaded 10.5.8 yet. Normally, I'm like right on it, but I haven't had a chance to really stop and do it yet. And uh, yeah, I mean, I, I don't mind the updates. Uh, it could be worse. It could be like the PlayStation 3 where it's like anytime you want to play a game or use the machine, you need like four updates. Yeah. So, you know, we're getting really, really close now to 10.6. I'm getting excited again. Yeah. So that, that might bring me into the positive space. There you go. Is uh, Snow Leopard. Hopefully if I, I get a new Mac to put it on. Well, anyway, 10.5.8 did come out. It says it's recommended for all users who are using Leopard, and it includes general operating system fixes and that will enhance the stability, compatibility, and security of your Mac as well as specific fixes for compatibility and related, re, uh, easy, for, easy me. for you to say, 
Compatibility and reliability issues for joining airport networks. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've noticed those in the past. I haven't had any of those lately. Yeah, it's been a while since I've had issues connecting with airport. And an issue that could cause some monitor resolutions to no longer appear in the display's preference. And issues that may affect Bluetooth reliability. So hmm. if you're having any of those issues, then you definitely want to go in and get 10.5.8. Yeah, there's also a uh, 3.0.1 iPhone update Um like on Friday too. Yeah, I saw that one as well. I also ignored that one because <laughs> I still uh, hypothetically, if I ever chose to possibly like have my life in danger and need to use uh, iPhone tethering, then I'm still. Oh, I didn't check that. Yeah, I, no, the the very first update after that tethering was available, that that first update kills it. Let me look here. Because I, I updated. It, it should still be. It might still be in the preference. I don't know. I'm looking. Uh, general. Where would He's it be? Looking. Is Did, it in general? Gen, it's under network oh, or whatever. Um, let's go to general. And then networking. Network. And Data roaming. Oh, it's gone. There you go. That's all right. Your tethering is gone. I'll just jailbreak it. <laughs> all right. So anyway. <laughs> That's like the third time I've said jail. Fourth time I've said jailbreak. <laughs> No, don't do it. Don't do it, people. All right. So um, do or do it at your own risk. Yeah, do it at your own risk. Don't <laughs> call. Don't call me when you screw it up. Exactly. All right. Uh, Apple supposedly by the reports of MacRumors.com and some other reports out there say that there's a possibility that there's going to be an eight gigabyte version of the iPhone 3GS. Doesn't surprise me. No, I mean it makes sense. Yeah, I, I, they may have had a lot of the uh, the eight gig original three G in stock. Let's clear them out, and then you know the, it'd be a perfect time in September when they're doing the new iPods or whatever they're going to do. You know, the super tablet or whatever um, to say. Oh, by the way, the eight gig iPhone three G for ninety nine dollars is now the three GS. That's that's that would be a, a logical thing to do, right? So anyway, very interesting stuff there. And, um, you know, if you haven't bought an iPhone yet and you're one, you definitely want to get a 3GS. I, to be honest with you, I'm going to tell you to stay away from the eight gigabyte version. If you, if the only if one of the desires of yours is to have it for the video capabilities, you'll chew it up. Probably you, you'll chew it up in no time. Uh, Unless you so. sync quite often back to your computer and then delete it. Yeah, that's a possibility as well. Yeah, my eight gig is pretty full yeah i've taken most a lot of music off just because i've got two gigs worth of apps yeah (laughs) because i have a problem all right let's move on to uh new iproduct version one one reference found in the iphone 3.1 beta software configuration files Uh? and we even have a screen capture in our show notes so uh chris have you what what have you heard about this uh this was in iPhone uh, OS 3.0 beta, they were talking about this a mysterious iProd, but it was iProd 0, 1, and um, iProd 1, 1 kind of tells you that, hey, this product has moved out of beta or, or whatever it was, you know, um, mock-up stage or whatever, and in and, and near a final stage. But yeah, I, I think I think a tablet's coming. I, w- I think I w- something's coming. If I think something's th- coming. And, and I, I would say chances are likely that there would be some kind of tablet in the future. I mean, there's too many rumors out there now to, to, to have it not be. And so if, if you were to ask me, I would say 
you know, hands down, I believe a an Amazon uh, Kindle like device only running like I don't know, maybe a version of OS X or even uh, a specialized, customized version of the iPhone operating system. Yeah, I think it's going to be Touch OS or whatever. They're, they're, they may rebrand the iPhone OS to something that covers both this tablet and the iPhone. And I, that would be pretty cool. I mean, let's be honest. It's not going to be a netbook price. It's not going to be, you're not going to be able to pick it up for three forty nine. It's no. going to be seven or 800 bucks. Yeah. Which I think will be ridiculous, but you know, it's <laughs> what else is, uh, you know, there, what else is there? Although if, if they are able to do it in such a way, I mean, gosh, I, I tell you there, there's, I could see some real use for that, especially if it had, I wonder if it would have a, a headphone and a microphone jack and you could do Skype on it. I'm sure it would. And, you know, there's I mean, some it could be a killer. It'd be a killer ebook reader. I mean, that, yeah, I mean, and if it does, if it's got Bluetooth and stuff where you could, you could, you know, load books on it, um, have a keyboard. Yeah. A Bluetooth and and keyboard. then do things in the cloud. Like, you know, I work, you know, I work web version or office web. You know, if I'm a college student, I don't know if I want to get a laptop then because I can get all my, you know, my stuff on here, all my yeah. books and all my this, that and the other. I think that would be, be pretty killer. I think a tablet may be in the future. Yeah. So keep your eyes out open for that one. All right. Chris K wrote in uh, recently. He says, if you use mobile me, you may get a message that a program called PubSub Agent is requesting to use your login information stored in your keychain. Anytime I get a message like this, I always look up what the program is before I do anything. According to Apple, you will sometimes get this when MobileMe is syncing Safari bookmarks. It is infrequently, it happens infrequently because I have been a MobileMe user for a month and this is the first time I've seen it. Anyway, according to Apple, this is normal and you can click, you can select always allow. Here's an article to, uh, to, to back it up. Yeah, I've I've been using Mobile Me for a few weeks now, and uh, I haven't seen it yet. So, I like Mobile Me so far. The web apps are beautiful. I mean, it really, man, it's they're pretty. Like the calendar and the mail. The mail looks like Apple Mail. The calendar looks like iCal. You, yeah, you love it or leave it. But it really, look, I mean, you look at Google stuff, and it's like. I know, St- I know that uh, Stephen. Uh, oh, matter of fact, I even see Stephen Cross says iDisk app. Wow, Chris throwing a prop the mobile me's way. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah, so I, I'm not a, f- I'm still not a fan of those applications. Um, you know, of course, Apple. I think they released mobile me way too soon. I gave, I gave mobile me two, two tries. Yeah, I try. I, I signed up for a free trial. And I canceled it within two days because it was all it was mm-hmm. it was horrible. Uh, I tried it a month later, and I signed up. I was on it for two days, and I canceled immediately. And I've had no desire to go back since. Although the only thing that seems somewhat interesting to me is this iDisk application, and also the ability to find my phone. Yeah, I I played with the find my phone thing. It. It's pretty cool. Is it really? Yeah. And uh, I don't know. I, I think if you if you buy a new Mac, you get it for like 60 bucks. Okay. Or if you go to Amazon, you can find it for as low as $50. Right. I think it's worth it right there because you get, I think you get 20 gigs of online storage and it works a lot like Dropbox where you just access it and it'll sync later. 
which is good for for me because I have clients that need and I would think it'd be good for you too. You have clients with, who want to access, you know, you, you want to give them large files, mm-hmm. you know, a couple 30, 40 megs or even larger and they can log into your iDisk and access a certain folder, get your stuff or you can load a bunch of stuff up, you know, videos or or streaming audio and you can stream it through the uh, iDisc app, which is really cool on your phone. Right. So you can put like some demo videos up there. So if you want to show a client some stuff that you're working on or an audio sample of your production, right. You can access it right there without loading it on your iPhone. It's, it's pretty cool. Very interesting. Anyway, Stephen Cross did write in. He says, good show as usual. This is referring to last week's episode. He says, Google top app, uh, Google talk app. He says, I think we will find out that there is a, contract, a contractual obligation AT&T is using to force Apple's hand on this. I cannot come up with one reason why Apple would want to prevent customers from using Google Talk application on the iPhone. While I wholeheartedly agree that Apple is not having uh, handling the submit slash reject process properly, I think the issue is a, is different than many other, let's see, this one is different than many other rejections, uh, including Cliff's iPhone application. I also, uh, let's see here, to do, I also, I guess, um, am I missing a line here? I also, Apple was, okay, maybe, <laughs> I, I think it's, I also agree. Apple was not prepared for the success of the App Store, and they are still uh, trying to get it together. While it feels that we've had iPhones for a very long time, it's really only been 12 months. Yeah. Hard to remember my iPhone without the apps. I agree. I do not remember the day when I did not have apps. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I have my phone. Never mind. We won't talk about it. I, I had apps on my phone before the app store. See, I didn't. <laughs> but I will tell you, there was a whole year where I had an iPhone without apps and I don't remember it. Yeah, we used, I, I remember mean, we used a lot of the web clips. Yes, we were using those web apps, apps. Which were okay. They were decent, but over edge, they were pretty painful. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, Mebo, using Mebo, the web app over Mebo were over 3G. It's fine. Yeah. Dropped calls. Uh, he says, uh, I had many dropped calls before 2.0 came out, which seemed to correct that. I'm having more again with version 3.0. I have, uh, let's see here. I have been on the same network, eventually, uh, which eventually turned into AT&T. Uh, oh, okay. Since his first mobile phone 15 years ago, it started with Cell 1, eventually turned to AT&T. I hear many people say that Verizon is much much better, but I wonder if the network could handle the influx of iPhones and data network demand. I uh, I guess this is a grass is greener on the other side scenario. Um or is it? So basically um yeah, I, you know what I'm wondering if 3.0 did something to the reliability of call connections. I don't know. Um I had my first drop call yesterday. Yeah. And every time and you I heard tra- you heard the beep beep beep. Yeah, yeah I did. I'm like call oh. failed. So I tried to call my friend back. We're both on iPhones. Call failed it like three times in a yep, row. Yep. And then That's it finally it. went through. And yeah, that was pretty annoying. Oh, just wait till it happens to you once a day or three or four times a day. Well, that's the thing. If if I'm talking to someone where like, you know, I'm going to get paid mm-hmm. if I talk to them. Like, yep. like, like you, you know, my, my phone is time. now my lifeline to my to my livelihood. If that happens to me frequently. Mm-hmm. Then I will jump. Yeah, you know, iPhone or not, you know. Yeah, I I'll, I'll need to go somewhere where. Well, it's that's reliable. that. The re- dropped calls is what was pushing me over the edge and and I, or up to the edge. I'm I'm I am so on the edge right now. And I'll tell you what, uh, Apple, listen to this. 
Google Voice is the only thing that's saved your butt so far. And yeah. what what I mean by that is I never give anybody my cell phone number anymore. I always give people, every single client, I give them my Google Voice number. Yeah, me too. And that Google Voice rings both my cell phone if I happen to be out, but it also rings here in my studio. Mm-hmm. And because of that, I'm able to, you know, take those calls, you know, on a landline. And if I go, let's say I'm over at someplace else, and I'm going to be there all day long. I can go in and program for just, a, you know, a couple hours, Google Voice to also ring there. Yeah, it's so it's changing the way I deal with people because mm-hmm. I know from now on, even if I decide to, to drop AT&T and go with someone else, I can port my number. That's fine. But I've always got this Google voice number. Yep. And yeah. I said, I don't know about you, but I set hours on mine. So after a certain amount of time, it'll never ring me. It'll just always go to voicemail. Okay. And yeah. I haven't done that yet. Email. Yeah. I, on the weekend, because, you know, the, the way my job is, is I don't want to talk to anybody on the weekends and I don't want to talk to anybody after six. Right. And so I just let it go to voicemail and, and I get an email, you know, 10 minutes later saying, hey, you got a voicemail. Yeah. And then I'll just go check it. Yep. Well, anyway, that that's Google Voice and uh, good stuff there. And of course, we want to let you guys know that you can contact us with your comments and questions anytime, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And the easiest way to do that, of course, would be to head over to the forum. Yep. And there is a help. I got a Mac section that is over at gspn.tv slash forum. Of course, you can always always give us a call here in the uh, voicemail hotline uh, in that phone number here in the you like that. I have no idea where I was going with that. <laughs> but anyway, you can give us a call on the studio voice. <sighs> Never mind. Call us on the voicemail, 859-795-4067. Yes. 859-795-4067. You can leave a message 24 hours a day, seven days a week. We'll play it in the show. That's what I was trying to say. Yeah, you're, this this show is is made better with, with your questions and your voicemails. And we, we don't mind reading emails online. But we'd much rather have voicemails to listen to. Yeah, we love voicemails. And so give us a call, 859-795-4067. But if you do put your questions and comments and feedback, all that stuff over at the forum, we sometimes will pull those in here as well. Mm-hmm. And I promise next week, no, no Apple uh, anger, unless they really do something <laughs> yeah. between now and next Thursday to, to upset me again. Anyway, uh, we want to let you know, if you haven't heard about it yet, check out Social some Social Serenity. Social Media Serenity. Thank you. Social media serenity. You're broadcasting all day. You know that, right? I know. Okay. I know. I'm starting off great, aren't I? Uh, Socialmediaserenity.com. It is a podcast devoted to social networking. We bring to you, just like uh, Help I Got a Mac, we bring to you the latest tips and tricks, um, news items, and also we consider how in the world can we participate in social media sites like Facebook and Twitter, help them to help us develop stronger relationships. How can they help us to be more productive? But how can we do all that without us basically uh, having our entire life eaten up by the fact that we're just addicted to this stuff? So it's all about having balance. And speaking of social media, Twitter's down right now. Is that right? That's a <laughs> bummer. It's a good start to the day. Exactly. And sometimes I chime in at social media serenity too, like yeah. in the chat room. I don't normally... You'll, you'll just see me. Just be in the chat room, gspn.tv slash live. You know what? On Thursdays, just keep that, that page open all day yep when you're at work just you know put it in a separate tab or minimize it and just listen to all the stuff that's going on today you know we got about the church social media serenity family from the heart 
a weekly loss podcast, podcast answer man, pursuing a balanced life, uh, like three daily devotionals. There's a lot of stuff going on today and a lot of cool stuff. So if you like that kind of stuff, listen in. Yeah. Every, every single Monday, 9am to 5pm, we are live at gspn.tv slash live. We encourage you to come participate in the live shows. We would love to have you do that as well. Yep. Chris, you can be found on Twitter when it's up at twitter.com slash biting, B-E-I-T-I-N-G, or go to biting.org to see all the cool stuff I'm working on. There you go. And of course, you can follow me on Twitter at twitter.com slash G-S-P-N. You can also uh, find me on Facebook, facebook.com slash Cliff Ravenscraft, or facebook.com slash G-S-P-N community if you want to become a fan of the G-S-P-N community. Quick plug. Yes. If you want to win a Flip Minnow HD camera. Go to sharethis.com slash Twitter flip. Find out all the details there. All you need to do is start following Share This and send out a tweet. And uh, we choose a winner every Friday for the next month. And we want to say real quick thank you to all of you who are Plus members. And of course, this is a Plus member only episode that will be released. And we want to say thank you for making all this possible. Yes. Yes.